Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I built a set of mathematical models named Sideline that predict various sports outcomes. You'll hear more about the models during the course of this episode. It's to cover five Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Thursday, April 27th, 2023. Get you in here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickstheprofessor.com slash new for explanations and community rules. And a reminder, if you're interested in projections and picks on every single game, sign up on Dub Club. That link is in the show description. Also gets you access to our Discord. Get you ad-free shows. A lot of goodies over there. Check that out if you haven't yet. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game. Does not try to forecast it to a T. Is that be a foolish and impossible goal? We'll take a long-term view right here and don't get distracted when the Rangers bullpen decides to be the worst bullpen of all time, despite you know me kind of being concerned about them for the first part of the season, doing great. And then, you know what? Bullpens are weird, and most people hate them, so there you go. Uh, that's just going to bounce on the long run, but it's hard to foresee before it happens. In other words, please understand good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say will be profitable, each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Cousin Jared, welcome back. Last time we saw you, last time I saw you, we were in Vegas together, and we were unable to do a show because we were like in the same room, and that was really weird. The, ir- uh, the irony of that. The irony of that. We, we had a great time out there. Uh, so far on Tuesday, the picks uh, are up. We're still up for the season. The A-grade plays have done really well. Uh, what I want to pick your brain about a little bit here, just a quick little dialogue that I think will be entertaining and interesting for our viewers. Um, you know, every once in a while, we go through these stretches. And I remember last year, I found the average odds that we played by month. And I'm pretty sure the average odds we played one month was like plus 115. And the average odds for one month was like minus 125. It just kind of comes and goes where there's value. I always just say value is value. It doesn't matter if it's big minus, big plus, even money. It doesn't really matter. I understand I'm kind of a robot. I view the world a little bit differently than most people do in the terms of probability. I see a number like for instance, on Thursday, the Angels are playing Otani's pitching, who's really good, as we all know. The price is minus 300. And I look at it and I say, okay, that's 75%. That's one of the easy ones to convert to probability. Do they win more than that or less than that? And that's all I care about. I care about nothing else. But I know that a lot of people struggle with this concept that value is value, that big minus odds can be valuable, big plus odds are valuable. I'm curious your perspective as a non-robot, as a person who doesn't view the world quite in terms of probability like I do. How do you handle that? Because I know there's a lot of people who are real concerned about, they won't touch a plus 200 dog, they won't touch a minus 200 favorite. And I'm like, hey, there's va- there might be value, there might not be. Yeah. But I, I'm curious what your take is on this. Well, Miss Cousin Jared would say that if you're a robot, then I'm only probably one step below that. Um, so probably. I'm not sure that I'm the right person to be asking <laughs> this question to. Uh, but what I would say, especially for my I, our time doing the, this show together, is I really come to rely on the model more when you get into those really, really steep odds or those really, really big plus odds. Because the way that I would describe it is I feel like I can tell with my eyeballs, like the difference between even money and minus 110 or minus 120. You know, that's something that my brain can compute fairly easily. But when you get out to, you know, minus 300 or minus 325 or 
plus 300. That's when my brain is just, I, I'm, I'm not capable of doing that math or eyeballing the difference between what's value at plus 250 and what's value at plus 300. So what I would say is, you know, if you're into the sports gambling thing, you know, it's all about probability, right? And so uh, I think the models for me specifically have been very helpful out there on the edges because sometimes when it's close, I can kind of tell myself, but a lot of times I need those models to tell me when things really get out there at kind of like the tails of the distributions. Yeah, yeah, very well said. And, and you know, I just follow back up on that and, and say there's the classic example. I don't remember the exact fight it was, but there was a fight several years ago where it was like somebody coming back who hadn't boxed in like, five years against someone who was at the top of their game or whatever. And you could get whoever was supposed to win or someone coming from it might've been the, the Conor McGregor thing, like mm. trying to box or whatever. It was one of those things like that. And whoever was favored was like minus 900 and people were like, Oh, it's too much. And it was like, the fight was over in like 12 seconds. It was like, maybe it wasn't too much because the probability that he was, that the upset was going to happen was like 1%. Like it wasn't impossible, right. but it was so low that, it, you know, again, I'm just, I'm converting to probability. That's how I'm viewing the world. Right. Uh, I encourage people to look at it that way, but that's why I have the sheets and, and have those probabilities out there. So you can kind of see to have the projections out there because I don't know, I don't know what your take is on this, but my take, especially as we get later on in the baseball season and we get teams tanking, if you just say, I'm not going to play big, big odds one way or the other you're just taking a lot of options off the table sports betting's hard enough as it is i want every option on the table right right what, what was the game what it was the royals and the blue jays i want to say where either one of them had like literally their entire team out and we played yes. them like plus 300 or something and they won yes. the game yes uh, i remember so, that yeah. was last year yeah it was yeah. like yeah it was like half the team was out there that was the they were going to toronto it was the weird COVID thing where like they couldn't bring a bunch yes. of the guys it was a bunch yes. of triple a yes. players yes. yeah and 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 that's a thing that i want to indicate to people is we're going to play big plus odds we're going to play big midas odds it's just wherever there's value wherever the price is again the big reason to subscribe to dub club you're getting the show right away rather than delayed. You're getting the picks right away. I don't know where the numbers go, but I'm saying I'm going to play them at this price. This is the grade at this price. If the price changes, maybe the grade doesn't change. Maybe the grade does. And that's kind of all about the value proposition, right? I might make a play at minus 210 that I might say, I don't like it at minus 250. And people I, you know, people push back and say, well, winners are winners. I'm like, it's not that simple because the risk is always the same, but the reward changes. And we got to make sure that we're getting enough reward for our risk. And I think that's the statement that people have a hard time with is even though it's minus 300, sometimes the reward is good enough that we want to play. Right. Sometimes right. it's not. It just depends on the situation. And the model you believe, that's the last thing I want to say. I have my own model. It's independent of every other model. There are other models out there that you can use, you can trust, you can look at. However you come up with it, whatever number you assign to it, whether it's looking at multiple models, my model, coming up with your own number, that's the way I encourage people to do it. Again, I have my own that, that I'm using that I've built that I trust, but whether it's mine or someone else's, that's still kind of, I think the right way to look at it. Um, did I miss anything there, Cousin Jared? I don't think so. I think very right. well said. All right, thank you. All right, well, before we get to today's slates and reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's freaking if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any college basketball and mobile college football content that this channel provides the way i do it is a grade money then plays return four units as the risk plus win equals four if it's even money you risk two win two if it's a minus you might risk two and a half to win one and a half if it's a plus odds you might risk one and a half to win two and a half i like to add it up to equal four b grades to return three c to return two that way we don't take any of those big minuses off the table we don't take any of those big pluses off i didn't do this last year and last year with those some of those big plus 300s when it kind of bit us in the butt because you're taking some of those big dogs in a full unit flat betting and you just you, you'd win a minus 120 and it'd be canceled out on the big dog this way you don't risk a ton on those big dogs and you're not quite out as much on those big favorites so this is the way that i like to do it that way we can always play those big favorites and big dogs 
But whether it's this style or a different style, whether it's the picks, whatever it is, as always, I remember, want to encourage people, only bet what you like, take what you like, leave the rest. Got five games that we're going to cover here, a mix of day games and night games. We're going to cover one night game on the show, but there are a few more. Shut off here in the afternoon, 12.35 p.m. Dodgers, the Pirates. Uh, Cousin Jared, give us your take on the Pirates. So clearly the Rays are the best team in baseball, yep. but the Pirates, yep. the second best team in baseball. Come on, let's get on the bandwagon, people. Obviously, I'm saying that mostly facetiously, but I mean, I've been impressed. I remember vividly when they signed McCutcheon to that contract in Discord. I said, hey, at least the Pirates might be interesting this year. And I have to say they have been interesting uh, and even more than that so far. Yeah, yeah, I, it's been surprising just how good they are. Uh, we're going to back them here against the Dodgers at plus 145, starting off with a little dog action here. It's a B-grade pick with regards to value. Sideline says it should be 139 that the Dodgers win this 58% of the time. That means the Pirates win 42%. If we can win 42% of the time at plus 145, that's a solid investment. So a B-grade play here backing Mitch Keller against Julio Urias. Both of these guys have looked pretty similar with regards to the results and the underlying metrics. This this year, Urias is the better pitcher, absolutely. The Dodgers absolutely have the better offense, but the Pirates are playing well. You know, they're hanging around. They're winning games they shouldn't. They're, you know, I mean, like you said, they're playing really well. This Dodgers yep. team, not a bad team, absolutely. They're still one of the better teams, but I think the Pirates are a decent play here. Keller's a guy we've talked about in the past. We liked backing mm-hmm. him last year. We like backing him this year. He's still a little bit undervalued. Again, not quite good as Urias, but not that far behind him. This price is almost as if the gap between these two pitchers is really large. And I think it's there, but I don't think it's quite uh, astronomically large. Weatherwise, we're going to be around 60 degrees for this one. Upper 50s to start. Lower 60s to close, slight breeze in at under five miles an hour. Model projects 7.7 runs. The actual total is eight. Cousin Jared, tell us more. Yeah, so uh, the the first the first show of the season, I said death taxes and Carlos Santana gets walks. Um, I yeah. think I would amend that to death taxes. Carlos Santana takes walks. We fade Julio Urias and we back Mitch Keller. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's that's pretty much the way it goes. It's been a good. It's been a very profitable thing to do for the past uh, I don't know year or so yeah. at this point. And so I just see no reason to change now. I just don't think that the number have caught up to the Pirates yet. Again, I'm not saying that the Pirates are the best team in baseball, yeah. but I don't think the number has caught up, especially against a name team um, like the like the Dodgers. And you know, I mean, we we all know how great a, a part uh, PNC is there in Pittsburgh. Mm. I mean, hopefully they're they're getting a decent crowd at that place now. I, I would especially think so with a team like the Dodgers coming in and get a little bit of a home field advantage for this game. So uh, yeah, if I can back Mitch Keller and the Pirates the way they're playing right now, I definitely want to do it. I would hope so. Uh, that park is incredible. Uh, have you been? Have you been to PNC? I have. I have not been to PNC, but You're I've been only PNC. only heard stories from those who have. Yeah, it's definitely in my top five parks. And depending on the day of the week, you could easily have it in, in my top two. I mean, I, I love that park. It's fantastic. The view is fantastic. Uh, it's, it's a great experience out there. So yeah, I'm like you. Hopefully, they're packing the place. Uh, a little excitement. They haven't had a lot of excitement in Pittsburgh in the last. 20 years really 30 i don't even know how long it's been since it, it had it's, it's been quite so a long bad. time at some point we need your full uh ranking of of stadiums I, surely I we can have, work that in at some point with a six with a show six days a week it's true i do have those rankings out there from a couple years ago after i completed my tour gun and went to every stadium i need to update them now as i keep as i go back to different ones you know um, also in the afternoon mariners at the phillies 1 p.m eastern get it back to mariners at minus 105 it's a c-grade play sideline says it should be mariners minus 103 so this is a C plus grade. Just anything better really gets it to a B grade according to the value proposition here. The Mariners win this about 51% of the time. 
George Kirby, the better pitcher between him and Matt Strom. But it's not that Strom's a bad pitcher. He gets a 92 rating. Kirby gets an 86. 100 is average, and the lower the better. Both these pitchers have been pretty solid this year. The underlying metrics are good. I like both of these guys. You know, the big difference is that Kirby, on average, is going to give you an extra inning. But that doesn't tend to matter as much. Both these bullpens rate out pretty well. Mariners' offense is better. So you have a better offense, better starting pitcher. This Phillies team has been a disappointment. The Mariners have been a little bit of a disappointment too so far. They haven't been nearly as good to us this year as last year. So two teams that are overall a little bit of a disappointment. But around this price, even though it's on the road, give me the better starting pitcher and the better offense. Weather-wise, we're talking mid-50s for this one. A win that's somewhat across between across and out at around five to seven miles an hour model projects a total of eight actual total is 8.5 with both of these pitchers and these bullpens under eight and a half might not be a bad way to look at it for sure. Cousin Jared, what do you got? I love George Kirby and what he's done so far this year. And so I like backing the Mariners here as well. I, I think that the wind blowing out might uh, enhance that um, advantage that the Mariners have on offense. But for me, this is mainly about Kirby. I just think that he's been too good. And I think even with Strom getting that 92 grade from, from sideline so far, I just don't think that's going to be enough to overcome Kirby, who I think has just played really, really well so far this season. There's a reason why the Mariners jersey I have is a George Kirby jersey because there you go. I, Last year, I was like, this kid's going to be really good. And so far, he's lived up to that expectation. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I Do you think, I'm just curious here, since we talk about two disappointing teams, how, how, what is your thought on it? Because I know a lot of people, when a team gets disappointed, they'll, they'll, they'll take, a, take a break from them or they'll you know, decide mm -hmm. we don't want to back them for a while. Or you know, they're like, no, I still believe in them. Or I, what's your thought on these two kind of disappointing teams so far this year? Uh, I mean, I'm again, I'm only half a step down from a robot, so I, I, don't, I don't care what the probability is. I'm generally going to, to back them. Uh, it, it would have to be a situation where you get, uh, ironically, we just talked about this, when you get a really, really big favorite, like uh, a, a team's like minus 300, let's just say like the Astros were playing, they were minus 300. And I knew personally, I had something against the Astros starting pitcher that day, just because I've watched too much Astros or right. I've watched too much recently. It's been the Cardinals and the giants. For some reason I've watched like every inning of the Cardinals and giants this week. And so it's one of those teams where I would have to know it has to be really big odds and something very specific that I feel like I know where I would hop off the, the bandwagon and kind of disregard what sideline it says for the most part, I I'm, I'm kind of all in. I, I feel like sideline does a lot better job of catching the minutia of what's going on than, than I do. Yeah. The Mariners were so good to us last year. It's like they they've still banked so much money for us that like we could yeah. afford to yeah. lose a whole lot on it. We'd still be up a ton yeah. because yep. still, love the Mariners. Mariners. still yep. love the Mariners. Uh two twenty Eastern Padres at the Cubs. Look at another slight dog here in the Cubs at plus one fifteen C grade. Sideline says it should be one twenty. So Padres should be favored, but they're favored by a little bit too much according to the model that the, pot, that the Cubs can win this about 45% of the time. So again, a slightly better price. It gets to a B grade, but not quite there yet. Total is projected to be 7.7 .7 in this one based off of 50 degree weather and wind that is either across or in a little bit of both uh, around 10 miles an hour. Seth Lugo versus Hayden Wesneski. Wesneski hasn't pitched well in his four outings this year and the underlying metrics have not been pretty. He's a below average pitcher. Lugo's pitched pretty well in his four starts and the advanced metrics say he is the real deal. He's definitely an above average pitcher. So the Padres have an edge there. They do have an edge on offense too. They should be favored. It's always about price. Just like we talked about at the top of the show, we're going to take some favorites with the values. We're going to take some dogs with the values there. This one, I think the Padres are just favored a little bit too much. Another team that's had a little bit of a disappointing season, hoping to right the ship. Now that Tatis is back uh, in that lineup makes them a little bit better offensively. Uh, 
I'm not sure I love the Cubs at this price. I really want a better price than this. This is one of those where just following through with what the model says C grade, but it's definitely one where I really want better odds on that. Or if the number moved and the Padres got to be a better price, it wouldn't take much to flip me on this one to back a guy like Seth Lugo. I think he's definitely the better pitcher, but we just have to remember about the price. This is one where I'm kind of more willful waffly on the side. The total is, I think the main thing that you wanted to talk about on this one. Again, the model projects 7.7, but that might even seem a little high, right? Yeah. And especially, I mean, I am just as infatuated with Seth Lugo as you are. I really have been impressed with what I've seen from him so far this season. If the win stays where it's projected to be across or in, I think I would play seven or, or above on this on the under. So if you get under seven, I think I do that definitely under seven and a half. I think I would do that. Uh, you know, the lines aren't out yet for these cup games because it's so, you know, very the weather has such a big impact there they usually wait to, to set the totals or if alternatively if you wanted to look at like a team total under for the cubs mm-hmm. potentially that's maybe something that i would look at as well but the world story is here I, I think if i had to pick a side i might actually pick the other side and back lugo just because i've yeah. been impressed with what he's done but i think any way you play this i, I think there's going to be fewer runs just especially from the cubs side just because of how well lugo's been pitching this is a lot of times where i always talk about the benefits of being on dub club as we get these early numbers and these early numbers we can find the five to seven to eight whatever games a day where the numbers are mispriced we can attack them early lock in our money for the next day and just wait for the number to catch up because it's going to go our way sometimes it doesn't happen this is one where i look at it and i say there's no rush to lock this game in because unlike you i it's hard the problem is the padres the best number i'm seeing right now is minus 135 when the model says minus 120 i feel like minus 135 is just a little bit too much of a price to pay being 15 cents higher so again there's no rush to play this one just wait and see you know if that number comes down to minus 130 especially minus 125 it's like unlike you i, I don't i don't mind backing lugo on the road uh right. with that with the better offense at that price but maybe you wait around maybe it goes the other way maybe people are like you and they just see lugo and they want to back him and all of a sudden maybe this yeah. gets up to cubs plus 120 plus 125 as we talked about the risk doesn't change but the reward right. does and at that point at a better price it becomes more enticing so a lot of times we want to lock those picks in really early because that's the best number we're going to get sometimes you just sit back and say i'm not in a rush on this one because this kind of falls in that no man's land and i'm like you the big question on this one's going to be the win if it sits more across then i think you know seven and a half eight is a little bit more reasonable but if it shifts to in i'm like you in that even seven yeah. i'd go under so it's one of those right. just kind of check back in the morning and see what the weather does there's a reason why these books wait the weather matters so much in wrigley it matters more my model because of that i've priced it in kind of the same way that they do and so if we have strong winds blowing in i would love to go under seven in this one especially backing uh, a guy like lugo at that point hoping that he can succeed or like you said a cubs team total under might be a solid yep. way to look as well it's Cardinals Giants talked about late afternoon game here, 3:45 p.m. Eastern. Come back to Giants at minus 132 C grade pick. Sideline says it should be Giants minus 123. This is also a C grade, but one that I am looking to jump on because I don't really think this number is going to get better. I could be wrong, but I don't really see why people are going to bat Miles Michaelis against Logan Webb. It's not that Michaelis is terrible; he's just run of the mill average. It's that Logan Webb's pretty good, and yeah. so I don't really see a lot of Cardinals money coming in. They haven't looked that impressive. If anything, they might have a better offense and better reliever but it's real questionable on the road against a guy like logan webb i guess i'm just gonna get higher so even though it's only a c grade i'd rather lock in the c grade bet a smaller amount move on with life and if this number gets up to minus 140 minus 145 whatever then i don't have to worry about it because at least we've locked in a solid play on the giants not a not an amazing one but a decent play here backing a guy like logan webb michaelis has really struggled this year the underlying metrics 
aren't great. He has enough historical data that, again, I don't think he's terrible, but he's just, again, average at best. Webb's ERA hasn't looked good, but the underlying metrics, again, paint a little bit of a story. We do know he is a much better pitcher uh, than that 440 ERA. So backing Logan Webb here uh, at home at a reasonable price against the disappointing Cardinals team seems too good to pass up. Projected total 7.7 model uh, from the model, the actual number I'm seeing is eight and a half. So another situation where you could go under or you could take the Cardinals team total under. It'll be a chilly day in San Francisco like it always seems to be upper 50s or so. Slight breeze on this one, maybe blowing out. But we talk about all the time the wind in that park swirls and does weird things. And is kind of a non-factor because it doesn't actually help or hurt. It's really all about the temperature on a hot afternoon day. That park plays pretty hitter friendly, but on a chillier day, plays more neutral. Model thinks eight and a half might be too much. What do you think? I agree. I am going under eight and a half in this game. Mostly this is backing Logan Webb at home to your point, get the right winds rolling around there. It's really going to help keep the totals down. But again, as I mentioned earlier, I've watched way too much of this series between the the Cardinals and the Giants. And it's one of those things where like, you feel like the teams have played fairly equally, or maybe the Cardinals have gotten more uh, traffic on the bases. And you look up in the seventh inning and the Giants are ahead two to one. And it's like, how, how is this happening? What is wrong with the Cardinals offense? Uh, I have not been impressed with the Cardinals offense, except maybe that first, uh, series of the season they had. So for me, this is backing Logan Webb at home against a Cardinals offense that I haven't been impressed with recently. So I, I think the under eight and a half is a good play here. Yeah. It's the, on the side, what number are you looking for before you get invested on the Giants? You know, right now it's 132. The model says 123. Is, is a 125 reasonable enough? For yeah. You yeah. I, that's what I was going to say. It was 125. I think that that's enough for me to say, I, you know, that's enough for me to say what I've seen from the Cardinals, Logan Webb. I, I'm, I'm good at that, even though it's not a edge really at all according to sideline i'd still want to be on the giants and i think if you are i think you're seeing the difference between cousin jared and me i'm a little bit more aggressive he's a little more conservative he needs a little bit more of an edge than i do you know i just take it i just play it at a smaller amount you know so i think that it's just kind of a difference between us so you know two different styles not to say one's right or one's wrong it's just two different ways to approach it um I always tell people play as many games as you're comfortable with that doesn't have to be all 15 in a day it can be you know 12 or, or 10 or 8 or something like that. I always recommend people play more than like two, right? If you end up at two, you're just going to be on a roller coaster of <laughs> ups yeah, and downs. Yeah. And that, that's not going to balance out. At least our roller coasters balance out after a week or two uh, by playing yeah. more. So I'm more of a, I'm going to play all 15, just at lesser amounts. If I don't like the number, because of Jared, you're more of a, you know, eight, eight or so, you know, a little bit, yep. need a little bit more value than, than I do. So yep. it's a little bit of a different strategy. Again, there are night games. We're talking about one of them here, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern Nationals, the Mets. Mets are big favorites, but this Nationals team is terrible. And I I don't mind fading them just like basically blindly. And yeah. it's one of those where uh, the number will catch up. Uh, we talked about with the, with the pirates as the number cut up with them, right? The number will catch up in the Nats and there'll be a time where we don't blindly fade them. But just as an example so far, uh, as of right now, we have faded the nationals 18 times and we've gone 12 and six fading them. We're up <laughs> 1.44 units with, with a 7% ROI. We've backed them four times and gone two and two, but made money because the big plus odds to the tune of a 19% ROI. So we've done really well with the Nats and mostly, you know what I'm doing? And look, this is not a pointed jab at anybody, but look, mostly people, what we're doing is we're playing big minus odds against the Nats. Why is that? Because there's value on it because the the books haven't realized this Nats team is terrible. We have backed them a few times, yep. but mostly speaking back, fading them is going to be profitable. We have to hit a higher bar, but we have hit it going 12 and six. We've hit that bar against the Nats. And I think the same thing here. I just don't think that this price is high enough. This Nats team is so bad. Trevor Williams has done okay 
for them. 330 ADRA. The underlying metrics, though, say his ERA should be closer to five. He's not a very good pitcher. I think he's due to come back to earth at some point over the season. Will it happen here? I have no idea, but I think against an above-average Mets offense, this is not really setting him up for success. Joey Lucchese has pitched amazing in his one outing so far this year. He's a guy who's pitched pretty well for the Padres. Uh, in the past, had some injury issues. There was some concern. There were some rumblings. I don't know if you remember this, Cousin Jared. There were some rumblings the Padres didn't know how to develop pitchers. They knew how to take a pitcher who was already good and keep mm. him good, but they didn't know how to develop. And so there were concerns. The, the reason I believe it was the Twins traded for him last year or wanted to trade for him, or maybe they traded for someone else. And, and the Mets, get, you know, now with Locasi, there was there's talk about these guys getting out of the Padres system and what they could do better with them because mm. they could figure things out. Locasi's definitely a guy like that. The model likes him, likes his stuff, his underlying metrics, thinks the po- the Mets have a massive edge here. Pitching, they do have an edge at the bullpen. Not that the Mets bullpen is great, but the Nats bullpen is terrible. We've seen that all year. And, of course, the Nats offense is terrible. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to dog on the Nats anymore. It's just if you're a Nats fan, I was an at- – we were Astros fans. We, we, we live through the, like – Hundred law back to back to back hundred loss seasons. We've been there. It sucks when your team sucks, but yeah. that's kind of where we are with them. The Mets, according to the model, should be priced at minus two thirty eight. That they went a little over seventy percent of the time, which makes us a profitable long term venture. B grade play. If you get a little better of a price, you can get this to an A grade. I'm not sure it happens. I think this is just lock it into the B grade and move on with life. Decent play, not a bet the farm play, but definitely a solid investment on the Mets. Model also likes the under. You could look Nats team total under or just game under. Eight and a half is the full game number. Model says 7.2 is it's going to be a chilly night in New York. Upper 40s, a wind blowing mostly across and a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. Cousin Jared, what do you think? Uh, you're still in the Astro short back there with only 100 losses. I mean, it's over 110. Like 111. Yeah. yeah. So you're still I think they had back to back over 110. Or, yeah. 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 So that's, you know, notable. Yeah. Um, okay. My yeah. Da- so. and my dad went, my dad went to like 70 of those home games too. Oh yeah. That <laughs> one of those was the summer that I lived with your dad. And so yeah. I also spent way too much time watching. Yeah. Them. Actually the longest home run, maybe I've ever seen hit by like a backup catcher for the Mariners went <laughs> off the wall out there at center field. Whenever they oh, still wow. had Taos Hill out yeah. there, there's like five people that are still watching at this point, but man, that was yeah. a big home run. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to under eight and a half in this mm-hmm. game. Uh, the Mets are 14 and 10, but I think some people would say still disappointing, even though they're, yeah. they're 14 and 10 based on, um, Based off where they've been priced, I I would agree with that. I think people would have expected more wins from them at this point. Yeah, so the Mets haven't quite played up to, in my opinion, haven't quite played up to their expectations. Again, the Nationals just absolutely terrible. I think one team's not going to score very many runs in this game. And uh, breaking news, I think it's going to be the Nationals. I don't think they're going to score very many runs. You could talk me into the Mets. Obviously, love playing the Mets here as well. Uh, But with with how you mentioned Luke Casey's been playing, even if this is not um, necessarily a, hey, he's completely, he's changed his mechanics. The Mets have done a lot better job developing him. Clearly, he has figured something out. And I think it may take teams a little bit to catch up. Mm. I don't think the Nationals are a team that's going to, you know, catch up to with what any changes that he has made here recently. So uh, I like the under eight and a half. I think there's good value here. And maybe this ends up being like a seven to one game where the Mets, uh, Mets win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Locasi is definitely a great question mark that I'm going to be really curious to see how he goes. Uh, I don't think he pitched at all last year. If he did, it was very, very little. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see now coming back from that injury. Again, what he's changed coming over from San Diego. Again, one good start. One star doesn't mean a lot, but he, but he did look good in that one. And the, yep. the model looking at some of the underlying metrics and everything is very high on him. The, it'll be really interesting to see is the model correct. I always tell people on this, the model's right more than it's wrong, but it's not right 100% of the time. The model's right. just going to miss on some players. It just is what it is. And uh, so, again, the model's high on him. I'm really curious to see as the season plays out. Are we are we going to talk in July? Are we going to come back and talk about a Casey start? And it's going to be like, hey, he's 
pitching really well, or is he going to kind of trend back towards just mediocre or not? Yeah, and and if we are talking about that, that's probably bad news for the rest of the National League if they get Verlander back and Scherzer, you know. Yeah well, I guess stops using the sticky stuff, uh, then yeah, the, the Mets could be a problem in the in National League for sure. I, I'm not even touching the sticky stuff. I don't even. <laughs> Unintended, I guess. Uh, I, yeah. I, you know, I, uh, the one thing I will say about it is, I, you know, Major League Baseball, along with most sporting leagues, continues to figure out how to botch just about everything. And yep. it blows my mind how they don't have people figuring out easy, good solutions to these things. They're out there. I've seen them recommended on Twitter. And it shouldn't be that hard to figure out a way to police this and make it not so judgmental. Uh, It should be able to figure out how to make rules that are not, you know, actually go to the intent of the problem and not a byproduct of it. I mean, there's just all sorts of issues with it. And it's just sad that we, that major league baseball can't figure that out. Uh, So here we are. If you're a Mets fan, you know, it sucks that he missed a couple starts. If you're sure it sucks, but you know, I guess really just one because they can the way they can push it around. But uh, yeah, like you yep. said, getting getting him back and uh, Verlander back. If uh, if Locasi is if the model is correct on him, uh, that's going to be. Uh, uh, we just won't mention this, Jake. Just Jake, just stop watching. <laughs> just, <laughs> we should have we should have done, done a warning for Jake, who's a Braves fan, to be like, just stop watching right now. Don't don't listen. Yeah. To just talk about yeah. the mess because that could be pretty scary for them. Yeah, uh, that's all we've got then, cousin Jared. Any parting words for the viewer? When I was when I was texting the other day, I tried to type yep. And my phone auto-corrected it to UTEP. So I, I guess that means college football is right around the corner. I mean, it's not. But uh, <laughs> it is a good reminder for myself that I'm like 15% of the way through my player-based college college football model that I need to really get back working on this summer so that it's ready for opening day. So I, I could use that along with the team-based model that I had last year. And, and, we, can, and we can discuss that. Uh, it's got a lot of work left to be done on it. Thankfully, I've got a lot of time. Yeah, well, it just means for you, you need to get to work. It means for me that maybe I have a problem. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That was always funny when your phone autocorrects or something like that. And you just look at it and yeah. you're like, yeah, that, that seems right. That's yeah, it does. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy the sports betting content. Right on this channel, it's right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more baseball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.